Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. Self-represented or customer? What does that really mean? Well, I'm Yetta Decker. And I'm Ken Decker. And we're excited to welcome you to an episode of Life's Inside Track, where we share techniques, thoughts, and tools that we all need, we all deserve. You, I, everyone. So we can turn our house into home, where our families thrive, and we live the best life possible. Well, there's this new thing called the Trust in Real Estate Act, which is replacing the old, we called it The old Reba, thing. The old thing. REBA, which is Real Estate Business Brokers mm. Act. And really, it was time for an update. Because it, it's been around for how many years? Do you even know? Oh, like 30 years or something. Yeah. So it was outdated. Our language has changed. And so what you're going to learn in this episode is the difference between self-represented and represented. Now, that's all new language, so you're also going to learn the new language that's associated to it. Mm -hmm. And why really it was so confusing to you as a client, because we used to use the words client and customer. What? Yeah, the public was confused, and I think even some of the realtors were confused. Well, in fact, I know some of the realtors were confused, because then we also added the conversation of multiple representation. So now we've got clients, and we've got customers, and we've got multiple representation. So messy. Mm. So there's nothing. So what you'll also learn is that nothing in terms of the logistics have actually changed from the old act to the new act. In that part. In that part. Sorry. In that part. In relation to represented and unrepresented. It's just been cleaned up the language. And so we thought it was really important. <laughs> you know what's cool about the language? You even got it quite not quite right, because I was saying unrepresented, because oh, it yeah. makes sense, but oh. it's self-represented. Right. And what that really means is if you're not going to hire a realtor or sign a buyer representation so that you're a client and, a, and you're being represented by that firm, then really you're self-representing yourself. It's kind of like going to court and saying, I'm not going to get a lawyer. I'm going to represent myself. Have you ever done that? I think that would be so scary. Like in the, yeah, even small claims, and I've been there a few times with people to support them. Even then, it's kind of scary. And we're not talking a lot of money, and it's usually not a big, big deal. But of course, we want to win. So often in small claims, people self represent. So it's kind of just like that. You're mm -hmm. self representing, but usually it's for a whole lot more money than up to 35,000. You're self representing yourself for something that may be 500,000 maybe 600, maybe a million dollars. And that to me sounds really scary, but we're not here to judge it. We're here just to lay out what the differences mm -hmm. are. Yeah. And when you're self-represented, the, the term buyer beware is very, very much in place. And then what we need to do, Yetta, is to explain what, the, what does a buyer get when they're actually represented what's the difference self-represented you kind of understand you you've got to do your own due diligence you've got to do your own uh, contract or inspections or whatever 
Uh, sometimes it's like maybe for sale by owner is self-representing, mm-hmm. right? So they need to either get legal counsel or decide on their own if they can understand the contract properly and know what they're signing. Um, and also there's lots of, I'm going to call them pitfalls in real estate, things that maybe you're not quite aware of because you might understand the property, but maybe you don't understand the property behind it or the one beside it. Or has there been an environmental spill three or four doors down the road? If you don't know those things. You could get yourself into a lot of hot water Mm -hmm. and have no real way out. So when we talk self-represented, it actually doesn't even mean that you won't have a realtor beside you. A realtor could still help you write the contract. So you don't even necessarily have to hire a lawyer for that. The realtor may still be doing all the work. They're just not representing your best interests. So work and getting paid is not the same thing as whether we're talking representation or not. So that's the piece I think that has always come up to confuse people. Probably the most confusing part of the conversation. And there's this word called fiduciary. A fiduciary uh, is a someone that's responsible for your best interest. Right. And so that's when you sign a buyer representation agreement with a realtor, they now represent your best interest to get you the best terms, to find the best house, like whether it's listed with their company or not, whether it's a for sale by owner or in the MLS. Right? Yep. We go looking for it. And when we talk about self-represented, you would have to tell your realtor if there's a realtor involved, which probably like 80% of the time, there's still a realtor that you're talking to. Oh, that's true. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's not as though there isn't a realtor part of it, even when you're choosing to self-represent. It just means they're not giving you any insight. They're not giving you any counsel. They're not giving you any support in your decision making. They're not giving you the options. They're not laying out for you what could happen if you do this because legally they're not allowed to. It's not like we don't want to. It's we have a legal obligation if you're self-representing to stay out of the way and simply become what you might think of as an order taker. What you tell me to do, as long as it's lawful, if you're self-representing, is what the realtor must do. It's that simple. And that can be really confusing because you still have relationship. They may still be really, really nice. Mm-hmm. They may. The only obligation they have is to tell you any material facts about the house. Like we can't hide anything. And it's not about hiding. It's about that they can't give you coaching or counseling or options or tell you what happened to one of our clients recently who was represented. Thank fully they were represented Mm -hmm. because when they're represented, we have to go beyond. Like we literally are obligated to leave no stone unturned. Oh, oh, can I tell the story? Yeah, but no stone unturned. Like that's an important (laughs) piece. Think about that. Yeah. The difference is as a realtor, the obligation is no stones in relation to knowledge about the property, current use, or what's on the books already for future use. Yeah, because in this particular case, 
It was a nice home. Beautiful. A couple years old. Lovely. Nothing wrong with the house. It was great. Ugh. As I drove up to the house, I went on the street and then I would turn left and it would be the second house in. And it was but, a nice, quiet, called yeah. like a court. Yeah. And then there was a nice little stone wall. Like it was beautiful. Yeah. So that wall, that fence on the right hand side, as I drove in the, the laneway before I made my left, that clued something in because I said, why is there a fence like that? It was blocking pretty, off the other land, land right? which was vacant. And what it turned out was that was the realignment of Green Bank Road. And it was going to be a four lane road plus two lanes of buses. So it was going to be six lane highway, basically, two doors away. And if they had been self-representing, chances are, and so here's a tip, if you are going to self-represent, call the city, get your information, because that's exactly what we did on their behalf and then shared the information. Mm -hmm. So wise counsel, like wise counsel is a must if you want to protect your interest. Without it, all bets are off. Yeah. There are tons of properties on the internet. Why should I hire a realtor to find one for me? Ha. Huh. Well, we've created for you over 423 episodes of The Inside Track, where we share so many insights, like insider secrets, and how to make house home, how to grow wealth, and even how to have more harmony and life exponential. And the cool part is you can get access to them at home, on the go, or even from the office if you're allowed to go there. Mm. <laughs> if you're allowed to go <laughs> you're there. Allowed yeah. to go there. Yeah. So yeah, there's lots of properties on the internet, online. And it may not be as easy as it seems. Ah, not as fast or easy as it appears at first glance. And this is what you're going to learn in this particular episode is why is it that the glance or the look or even what is visible online is kind of actually absolutely is an illusion. Yeah, what else is interesting is many times properties, I'll get a phone call from somebody that I'm working with yeah. and they'll say, well, what about this property, Ken? It's not in my search. And they go, oh no, maybe our search was set up wrong. So then I go do some research and usually that property sold like 30 days ago or two weeks ago or two months ago because things kind of linger on the internet unless they're on the actual real estate website. Right, that happens. But the other thing that happens, which is way more distressing. <laughs> is it ever? Way more distressing. And that is they call and they say, I saw it, but it's gone. I saw it for a minute yesterday. Or, I saw <laughs> it for a minute today. Or, or I, drove I by never, it. Or I drove by it. Or I never saw it on the market. I never saw it. It's like, hmm, curious. What makes it so curious is it was on the market, but it sold before it ever hit the MLS system. It never even saw the light of MLS pointed on it. <laughs> never. That's an interesting way of saying it. Well, it never saw the light of day, really, but it never saw the light of MLS because it got sold probably the night before it was going to go on MLS. And maybe it wasn't even ever going to go on MLS because there are so many different reasons for a seller to choose to hmm. do things just a little differently. Why don't we explore that for a minute? Why yeah. would someone not just put it on the MLS and wait, do the wait game, you know, the, the 
wait for five days or seven days for an offer presentation time. Sometimes in a really hot seller's market, that's what they'll do. Yep, Try sometimes. to get a bidding war. Uh-huh. And, and even, then you got a little bit of time. And even sometimes those disappear. Before. 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 Before the five days, eight days, 10 days, or yeah. even 14 days. I ran into one the other day. 14 days delay. Yeah? And did yeah. it sell previous to 14 days? It That one actually didn't. And yet there are many others I've encountered that sold before the offer date. Yeah. I think it's because sometimes people, we call it backing up the money truck. Mm-hmm. They'll give an unconditional offer way above asking and the seller just sometimes loses the the staying power the staying their power staying power just went gone because it's just hmm. will we be able to reproduce that in three days four days five days and if the seller is feeling like that is way more and it's got no conditions because those ones generally have no conditions. I don't think I've seen any that come in yeah. way over. The, the nice name for those is preemptive offers. Although right. we in the industry call them <laughs> bully offers. Okay. He said it out loud. Okay. So we're teaching Ken to say preemptive. Yes. Because it's being done before. Right. And right. yet it feels like you're being bullied. And so you need a really strong realtor on your side. If you're not going to have the seller bullied. Mm. So usually almost, I would say the times I've seen, and I've seen some incredible preemptive offers, like blow my mind preemptive offers. And our sellers with us have decided to stand their ground. Not once in this current market. So different markets, different story, different rules. That's why it's good to have somebody that's got a lot of experience mm-hmm. is not once did it not turn out to be even better on offer day than the preemptive offer. Right. Even when I thought there is no way mm-hmm. we can do better than that. We've always in this market done better than that. Right. So some properties are exclusive mm-hmm. due to COVID fears. They don't yeah. want a whole bunch of people trenching through. Yeah. But if they find something, if someone, you know, they say to us, here, put put the listing, do it privately, like what we call exclusive. We're not going to go on the MLS. But if you have the right buyer, then I'll open it up for a showing. And those properties are still marketed. Often, some of them are, some of them aren't. Some of them are actually secret and they're just known to the realtor that is representing the client and to their brokerage, probably. Even the Mm. secret ones would normally be in our private Facebook groups inside our organization. Mm. And the others are kind of like a soft, what I call a soft launch, where they're available, but not through and not through the MLS. So they're exclusively held by the realtor and the brokerage. And yet those ones, they'll still cooperate with the other realtors. It's just not as exposed. So they still might be on Facebook and Instagram and Kijiji and They might be. YouTube and then there's and, other ones that mm-hmm. want no publicity. They do not want it public. They want their house to sell, but maybe it's a messy divorce or maybe they're a, a person of – what do I call it? In the limelight, they're they're yes. a star, or a hockey star, or a, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever, and they yeah. don't want people to know their house is up for sale. So sometimes those are sold secretively. Yeah, and yet they're sold. 
And so mm-hmm. those are some of the reasons that they never get there. And then the other reason is sometimes they just come on so fast and they're gone before you even opened your app on your phone to see that there was a property. Right. You ju- you were told about it and you just didn't. Or maybe you weren't because you're doing it on your own and you think, I'm just mm. going to search the MLS every night. Ooh, well, that's dangerous. Our realtors get notified of new listings very quickly before they hit the MLS and their clients, anybody who signed up as a client will get those email notifications of a new property. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they are sold within hours. Well, actually minutes, <laughs> minutes. Like it really is minutes because the realtors hear about them within minutes through our MLS system and the general public, unless you're connected to a search with a realtor, you will not hear about for a day or two. Right. And even if you're on an MLS, they're, they're pretty good now. They're, they're coming up in a few yeah, hours, but you have to remember to go on and look. Well, and, and it's not as fast. No. Right. And so sometimes it's we sell properties inside a group. We just sold one a million dollar property. In fact, that we had exclusive available to us and anybody that wanted it. But they didn't really want to deal with winter and COVID and making a move now. So with the delayed closing, they thought, I'm not going to stress it. So we just kept it quiet, Mm -hmm. except we continued to look inside groups where people were asking about property. And we found the buyer. And there was a million-dollar property, and there's somebody else that wants it, but they didn't act quick enough. Yeah. So if you're thinking of buying Mm. a property this year, Mm. it would be very wise of you to connect with us and set up a consultation, a free consultation, especially if you have a home that you want to sell as well, because then we walk you through the timing and all of that to make sure you're not stuck homeless or with two homes. Yeah. Exploring your options is free. It takes a little bit of time and it can even be done on Zoom today. Handling purchase documents yourself, you know, may simply be too costly, costing you way too much. We're thrilled and excited that for over 30 years, we've been helping you not only sell and buy real estate, we've also been coming alongside you and helping you thrive in your relationships, heal, strengthen and flourish, as well as build wealth get to know what's important about the market insider tips. So really 30 years of helping you build your life, your family, and your business. Yeah, many people think it's too expensive to have a real estate agent actually represent their interests. And they think that they're going to save money going directly to the listing agent or the person that's selling the property by themselves. Yeah, what you're going to learn in this episode is why the reverse is generally true. It's usually like backing up the money truck and dumping it for someone else. (laughs) You don't get it. Someone else gets it. And it's wild because you think you're doing yourself some savings when you don't hire a realtor to help you buy a house. So you mean there's a fight going on? There's a fight going on. And the fight is about who is going to save the so-called commission. Who's going to keep it? The fights between the seller and the buyer. Really? So what you're saying is that when someone puts their property for sale by themselves, typically they're trying to save the fee. They think that they'll save a couple percent by doing it themselves. Yep. 
that may or may not actually take place. Probably, it may cost them more. Yeah, because they may not sell for as much. Right. So that's the first challenge with that conversation because it's not exposed to as many people. So that's a seller problem. And we'll have that conversation and have had that conversation on another episode. And for the buyer, Mm -hmm. why would a buyer go out and find a house that has like a, you know, one of those home hardware for for sale by owner signs or or, a a branded for sale by owner site? Yeah. Yeah. Well, usually, at least when I ask my clients or ask those that eventually became my clients or hear a horror story from somebody who's never my client about how things went south, I'm kind of curious, like curious, what would cause you to choose to do it on your own rather than get representation? What would cause you to choose to self-represent? And the answer is 90% of the time, well, I'm going to save some money. I don't have to pay as much. I won't pay as much for the house because there's no agent getting paid. Right. But the seller can't save the same money that the buyer is trying to save. That's, that's why there's a when fight. when the fight breaks out. Exactly. Yeah. So that's interesting. And you know what I think another reason is? Many people have come in for one of our free consultations yeah. and they think that we charge them money to find a house and negotiate for them. But the truth is 99.5% of the time, mm-hmm. the seller's paying our fee and mm-hmm. we get to represent the buyer and get the best conditions and everything for them. Exactly. And so the other thing sometimes people will do is think that, hey, if I go and Ken mentioned it a minute ago, I'm going to go directly to the listing agent. So I'm not going to do it myself. I'm going to do it with the help of the listing agent because the listing agent, let's face it, knows the property better possibly than the agent that would be working with the buyer. So right. there's some legitimacy to that yeah. for sure. And there's and then no there's, problem if they're doing it for that reason. Right. And usually the thinking is I'm going to save some money because I know the agent is getting paid from the seller and in essence also from me, even though the seller's paying it, generally speaking. And so I'm going to pay less for the house if I go to the listing agent. Well, generally not true. You've muddied the waters with multiple representation. Multiple representation can work if you already have a great relationship with a realtor and the property that you decide you fall in love with is also listed with that same brokerage, it can actually be a beautiful marriage. There's no fight there. It can be a beautiful thing. If you're just calling listing agent after listing agent after listing agent, hoping you're going to save money, most of the time it's not going to work that way because their first obligation was already to strategize with the seller about how to help the seller get the most money possible. And that equation does not include helping you pay the least. Ouch. Yeah, pay the least. Right. It sounded like lease. Like oh, no. It's in a rental lease. No, no. Yeah. Like pay less than you would otherwise pay. The least. Yeah. Right? You're actually probably even in that case where you go directly, it's not about the realtor saving, getting a few dollars more. Or It really... If that's their motivation, probably not going to represent the seller or you very well. And the other thing is the buyer's agent, when you hire a buyer's agent, Mm -hmm. 
they're trained negotiators. I know. You know, like like we've been doing this, me over 26 years, you over 31 years. We've learned a thing or two about negotiating with a with a seller. Mm-hmm. And actually sometimes it's we're able to get the property, especially when it's, yeah. you know, sometimes it's not about paying the least for it. It's about actually getting it. Mm-hmm. And we've got the strategies, the know-how, and the experience yeah. to make sure we can get a property for someone, or at least mm-hmm. most of the time. We can't always do it because, like we say, sometimes somebody will pack, back up the money truck and pay an unbelievable amount of money. And something maybe you as a particular buyer on this particular house aren't prepared to pay. And that's okay because... Just the other day, I talked to a realtor who had a client go through 55 offers before they got a house. So by the time they were there, guess what? They were paying an exorbitant <laughs> amount of money for the house they they're bought. They tired. They had buyer fatigue. They just yeah. wanted a house. Exactly. And if you're doing it on your own, the risk is that you will get buyer fatigue. Because you don't get first dibs on the properties that are coming onto the Mm. market. First dibs is kind of important. Yes. And we've been able to help over 1,320 buyers Mm -hmm. actually buy a house. And so that means we need to find it, negotiate, make sure it's a good house, do home inspection, septic, well, whatever is required. Sometimes in multiple offers, we do the inspections before. Sometimes we choose not to do them. That's Mm -hmm. totally up to the buyer. Yeah. And yet, because that experience, I just want to speak to that for a minute, because if we've been into that many homes and taken not the building inspection courses, but we've taken construction courses, we've taken extensive septic courses, we've taken well education. So although we are not an inspector, we disclaimer loud and clear, not an inspector. If it is a blatant big issue, it's not likely that we're going to miss it, although we don't want to become your building inspector. And yet we're doing a pretty thorough, comprehensive view if, in fact, you find yourself in a situation where you go, I don't want an inspection because I want the house more than I want the inspection. Right. And sometimes we are able to find things without the inspector and the buyer will say, yeah, I don't want this house. And so right. they save the money of spending five six hundred dollars on an inspection, because we've already pointed out a couple of things that were obvious, you know, cracks in foundations or structural yeah. issues or something that we see that go ooh, or moisture penetration, you know, stains in the ceiling or whatever, or the shingles are pretty much toast, and we go okay, well that's twelve thousand or that's sixteen thousand depending on the size of the house, right? So. Yeah. yeah. It takes a lot of time to get experience, which is, I think, what we are painting the picture of. And if you don't have the experience of at least 20 or 30 homes under your belt where you've handled from start to finish, you might just want to take, I don't like the word advantage, and yet it kind of is the right word. You may just want to dip into the experience of someone else so that you don't have to pay the costly price of experience. Mm. We're honored to be your advocates on the journey of real estate and life exponential. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward together with the Decker team.